yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, did the Web Summit actually pull it off? What was it like without any of the big American multinationals there? What was it like without Paddy Cosgrave? Will it survive? Can it survive? I am Adrian Weckler and I've just come back from the Web Summit where I've spent the last four or five days. JJ Clark, are you jealous? A wee bit, yeah. Um, from what you've been writing about it, it seemed like it was not as uh, merchandised uh, in the media, i.e. that it was actually did well. The focus was on startups. Uh, how did it differ, in your opinion, from last year? Not as many Americans and no Paddy Cosgrave. That's the short answer. The long answer is that It was different, but it was kind of the same. So there are two web summits. There's the one that we've all been talking about for the last few weeks, and that's a soap opera, and that's Paddy Cosgrave resigning as CEO. It's his tweets associating Israel with war crimes. It's the new CEO, Catherine Maher, who was appointed. It's the boycott of the big American multinational firms. It's the boycott of the Israeli firms. It's the debates over the future of the event itself. Will it go ahead in Qatar? Can it survive uh, in Lisbon? That's one web summit. The other web summit is when you actually go and walk around the floor space in the pavilions, you visit the startups, you talk to the people there. And that's actually kind of buzzing. That was actually business as usual. There were thousands and thousands of people that I was mixing with yesterday. There was a lot of pitching. There was a lot of selling. There was hustling. There was presenting. Um, it felt like a really good buzz there. Um, they have this thing as well called the Night Summit where they have hundreds of events around Lisbon. Lisbon really does buy into the Web Summit and all around the city. It's actually quite a big city, but there's a huge portion of the city that's really, really nice. And a lot of that is dedicated to uh, events in the evening time. And that has become a kind of a soft networking um, thing during the Web Summit. And it's kind of every bit as effective as the hard networking during the day. And that was really busy as well. I mean, thousands and thousands of people in different events, restaurants, bars, clubs, and um, things like that. So it was a little bit weird 
Um, and parts of it felt quieter. The centre stage rarely, if ever, I think, was full. The opening night was a little embarrassing because they only had one star speaker that was uh, Jimmy Wales from Wikipedia. And then they had to, you know, settle for a string of Portuguese officials, the mayor of, L- of Lisbon, the um, economy minister. And by the time the economy minister had finished speaking, 80% of the entire place had cleared out. So it was that was a little... A little awkward because that was the moment at which they officially launched it and the fireworks went off and the confetti came down. There was almost nobody there. Right. But on the other hand, fast forward to the next day, and even if the stage speakers aren't at the level as they have been in previous years because so many speakers pulled out over the this for the same reason that the multinationals did and the Israelis did, the act, the rest of it was was actually buzzing. And a lot of the startups in particular that I spoke to loved it. And the startups that you spoke to, like I got a sense from what I've read about it so far is that there was an increased focus on them, but also that people got bumped up mm. to speaking on stage. Yeah, very and much so. And so they were really happy with how, mm. from a, a sort of a company point of view, rather than, you know, a reputational web summit mm. point of view, it was really good for them. It, I mean, look, if you're a startup and all of a sudden you're filling a gap, on, on a stage or you're being given extra profile or there's just more goodwill toward you because they're trying to focus on you because they don't have as many speakers. Of course, you're going to be happy about that. But the greater thing for me was, and one of the big questions we all had was, okay, Google, Meta, Amazon, Intel, Siemens, IBM, TikTok, others, they've all pulled out. So other than wondering whether or not they'll come back, there's the other broader question, which is, if they don't come back, what happens to the Web Summit? Is the Web Summit dependent on Amazon, Google, Meta, you know, TikTok, Intel, etc.? And I found myself reassessing that question as I was walking around the Web Summit. Because the, the instinctive um, answer that we all have is, yes, it must need those giants because this is the Web Summit. What is the Web Summit without all those giants? And it is true to say that if you, part of the deal with selling the Web Summit to Qatar for them to pay Web Summit, you know, 20 million a year was that they would bring that ecosystem with them and Qatar would be promoted as this, you know, great new tech hub. But on the other hand, what really struck me about walking around uh, the entire event was how much tech there is there outside Silicon Valley. Like we, the tech world has actually moved on quite a bit I saw hundreds of companies and startups there from, you know, Europe, Germany, Brazil, UK, uh, Italy, France, the Nordics, like good companies. See, what, what, what has happened is that in the last few years, most countries have started to chase tech aggressively. So Ireland, we've been doing it for 20 years and, and we try to position ourselves in that space. The Americans are the originals. Um, the Brits are kind of there. The Swedes are sort of there. The Israelis have been there uh, for a while and, and a few other countries as well. But most of the rest of the world is playing catch up. And they've started to really invest in this, you know, their equivalent of the IDA or their own um, hedge funds have started to invest in this. So they are really aggressively chasing this business and, and these sectors. And they're the ones who I saw at the Web Summit. They're the ones with the stands. They're the ones who are, you know, paying for startups to go. And I I just sort of did think, 
maybe this thing can survive without those big tech US tech giants. Maybe it doesn't need it. Maybe our idea of what the tech industry or the web industry is, is actually the reality of it is actually now different to what it was, say, in the early 2000s, when it really was just the big uh, US companies. Right. So, you know, and that goes to, to, to a question of, you know, whether the Web Summit can survive, because we've all been talking about it as being teetering on the brink. And I'm not sure that it is. Yeah, but is it the, the depiction of the tech world uh, from a media point of view mm. shows up as, uh, oh, it's on the way out, but maybe that tech entrepreneurs, companies, etc., aren't so fickle. They bought mm. the ticket, they take the ride, or maybe there's a sense that they've bought in to this event, but if there's an equivalent event, because I think you made the point that it's a very friendly event. Mm. If there's an equivalent event that has the same kudos, the same type of speakers, and Google, Intel, uh, et cetera, are, are on board, then maybe they'll shift gears and go to that. Maybe they'll yeah. go to Slush in Helsinki or whatever. Okay, well, I'm, I'm actually going to Slush, so I'll tell you in a few weeks uh, in Helsinki. But, but yeah, you're right. If there was another event without the baggage that the Web Summit has accrued in the last six weeks, those giants probably would go and support it. But there's two points there. First, there isn't really another event like the Web Summit. What I mean by that is that I go to a lot of the big annual global uh, tech conference. So uh, Consumer Electronics Show, CES in Las Vegas, which is probably the biggest one. That's hardware, software, everything to do in the technology industry. Um, uh, auto as well. It's big budget as well. Huge, absolutely. I mean, it's 10 Super times Bowl the size kinda. of the Web Summit. It's, right. it's, it's, it's not literally 10 times the size, but it's much bigger. IFA in Germany, which is the European consumer technology show, you know, not just laptops and phones, but washing machines, dishwashers, coffee makers. That's bigger than Web Summit as well. Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. That's the telecoms um, gathering um, in, in the springtime. That's bigger than the Web Summit. Um, but there isn't another event specifically like the Web Summit. There isn't another event that is focused on sort of the the confluence of online internet companies with everything else in the way that the Web Summit is. So like the Web Summit has dozens of different tracks and strands, but it's as much now about you know the advertising industry or the car industry or um, you know machine learning, artificial intelligence. It's as much as about those other disciplines as it is internet uh, stuff uh, particularly and it, it is unashamedly a networking conference well, like there's kind of a party vibe there when you walk around people are sort of smiling they're, they're kind of trying to talk to you they're looking forward to going out that evening a lot of the other shows that I mentioned a lot of them are characterized by business people middle aged business people with packed cases or backpacks who are going somewhere red faced in a hurry yeah, right? stuffy kind of. They bump into you, they, they you know, they, they, they scold you. Here's my business card. Move yeah, on. there's business cards. Mm. Exactly. They have business cards. You don't really get business cards at the Web Summit. Okay? QR codes, is it? No, not <laughs> QR codes. No, no, there's a lot of, actually, well, the stuffier ones, there's a lot of LinkedIn switching going on. That's, that's by the way, that's the modern business card. Right. Oh, I'll add you on LinkedIn or whatever. Actually, a guy, last night I was out 
uh, at a Night Summit event and a fella who runs a very big branding company in Ireland who was there. I'd met him the day before and he came, he comes up to me last night and he sticks his finger <laughs> in my chest and he said, um, I sent you uh, a connection request on LinkedIn. You didn't accept it. <laughs> That's a bit of a faux pas, isn't it, socially? <laughs> well, I, I had to tell him I only use LinkedIn about once a month. You know, Don't draw um, attention to it, though. Well, like, there's only so much, you know, past the book of, you know, love sharing I can take, really. But anyway, I'm not going to get into LinkedIn now on, on this uh, and, uh, this episode. Just what I want to ask you, just in terms of uh, uh, Catherine Mark coming mm. on board and, and the new leadership, mm. was there any different feel or was it like yeah. a very sort of vanilla, safe pair yeah. of hands? Or was it the sense that there was the coach in her ear? No, all the time. No, was there it, was, was there, no, there definitely wasn't a sense. If you mean by coach, if you mean Patty, there definitely wasn't a sense of Patty being in her ear at any time. Um, you use two metaphors there, met- metaphors: vanilla and safe pair of hands. Safe pair of hands, absolutely. She she kind of has this very accomplished kind of velvety, um, kind of reassuring. Tone, she's got a good voice. She 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 goes out and talks to people. She turned up at so many events. Vanilla, no, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't describe her as vanilla. Now, all that said, there were one or two tense moments that she had to deal with. There was a bizarre press conference. No, it wasn't bizarre, but there was an odd press conference that she gave yesterday, where she was asked a question about how she got the job of the web summit. Right. Yeah. And. The Web Summit had issued what they called, what they described as quasi-legal letters to media companies the week before. And it was around this question of how she'd gotten the job. And in the press conference, she was asked, why did you send out those legal letters? And her answer was that because the questions I was receiving about how I got the job, I I should pull up the actual quote here, but I'm paraphrasing accurately and within legal uh, bounds. The What she said was, the questions that I got about that implied a relationship or a friendship with Paddy Cosgrave. And I regarded that as being offensive and misogynistic. So that's what she told the press conference. Now, I don't think anybody was thinking in the, along those lines, I'm not sure why she decided to phrase it that way, but it ended up giving us stories and headlines about, you know, Web Summit CEO um, says that she never had friendship or relationship with Paddy Cosgrave and slams misogynistic and offensive questions about how she got the job, which honestly... I think was not a great way of handling that whole issue. There was no need for it to be framed like that by the Web Summit. So I think that was a misstep on her part. Overall, she performed very well. Her stage, she came out on stage, she was very good. She mispronounced Potty Caddy Cosgrave's name twice on two different occasions, though. First time on the main stage where she didn't correct herself. And then in the press conference, she called him again Paddy Cosgrove, where she did correct herself. I keep making that mistake. I, I a lot, to be fair, a yeah. lot of people make that mistake, yeah. to be fair. It's an O for an A. Look, she, she overall, and everyone I spoke to thought she did a good job. She, she, she is sort of a safe pair of hands. She's pretty good at what she does. And she came across well. And if Portugal doesn't, you know, 
if the attendance number is over 70,000, uh, yeah. if it doesn't reflect, um, you know, a fallout, then Qatar mm. hardly will. Is, is that fair? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that um, because Qatar is starting from scratch. So the numbers they're looking for for Qatar will be much smaller. I think it might be in the single digit thousands okay. they're looking for. Now, I've no doubt that they will they're very good at putting on conferences. I've no doubt they will get a couple of thousand people to it. Um, the question is the profile of people that they get. So Lisbon is very big. It's a very big conference a lot of, and it's very established and a lot of countries will go there and they regard it as a trade fair now. A lot of them regard it as a trade fair. In Qatar, um, I think they're hoping that some established players, some A-level brands will turn up. So... I think her role is going to be very important there because Qatar reportedly are paying twice as much as Lisbon, like 20 million euro a year to Paddy Cosgrave's web summit. He owns 80% of it um, so that they will host a show there to bring this tech ecosystem there. Plus, of course, web summit get to keep the proceeds of the tickets plus whatever they make from sponsors with stands on the day. And it, with your experience of, the, of this Web Summit and for the next one that you could possibly get to, uh, Qatar or otherwise, is it worth going uh, for your purposes, for, for my purposes, founder's it purposes? For my purposes, this was probably the most interesting uh, Web Summit to go to because of the story itself around the Web Summit. Now, in terms of people to interview, there were fewer. I got an interview with uh, Meredith, Meredith Whitaker, a signal president, yeah. which we put out this week. Um, I, it's definitely worth going to one of those uh, events if you are in the business of meeting people, building up connections, looking for, uh, for looking for that kind of business. Essentially, I don't know whether you'll get it in Qatar. Um, you 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 probably do if you're anyway decent. You probably do in Lisbon. I've never been to Collision in Toronto, so I, I couldn't answer for that, and I haven't been to Rise in Hong Kong either. And I didn't go to Rio, uh, Web Summit Rio. But um, I mean, just from I just go back from what I saw. I I just don't think there's an existential crisis yet. I think that's been slightly overdone. Hmm. I think now, having been to it and having talked to people, um, I don't think there's a, an existential crisis there. And in a place like Qatar or, you know, in the Middle East or, or, or wherever the next venue is after that, uh, there's a sense to your point at the start that it's in the places that are playing catch up to the mm. global West yeah. that will really benefit. And that kind of native incubation in that kind of area will grow just in the vicinity mm. of that, like of Qatar, for example, or of a place that's, you know, that's chasing that technological future and that drive for technology. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, that's their business model. That has been their business model since they left Dublin in heated uh, fashion a few years ago to Lisbon. Lisbon was a, you know, a challenger city, a challenger ecosystem. Um, you would say that Toronto to a lesser extent is because Toronto did have, you know, it was close to the headquarters of BlackBerry. There's a few firms uh, up there, but it's in American terms, it's an underdog city compared to you know, San Francisco or Austin or or New York. Um, so 
that's the, that's the core model. Qatar, that's why Qatar is paying. That's why Rio is paying. I think the Web Summit have their eye on China properly. I think. I think Paddy for a while has wanted to look at a Chinese city like Shanghai or somewhere else like that. If you've followed what he has said and the narratives that he's used and the way he has talked about China and, you know, the, the, the Chinese overtaking the Americans, he appears to be targeting some of those remarks very pointedly, it seems to me anyway. And he seems certainly um, to be looking for a conference in one of those cities. Now, if he pulled that off, that would be a huge coup to do that. Um, and if he managed to bring in the Americans. I don't know if he'll succeed, though, because there's such a thaw at the moment between the China and the US. But from his point of view, even if he doesn't get the Americans over, if what I saw and if it is the same as what his theory that you can create a big profitable event from the quote unquote global south, which is countries outside Europe and the US, then a conference in China would make um, would make an awful lot of sense. Now, uh, obviously, pedants will, you know, email me and say Hong Kong is in China. Um, so you, you can make that point if you want, but it's not Hong Kong is not the same as Beijing or Shanghai. Um, yeah, and having, and, and, having and the scale those places. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. So I think that's where the Web Summit will seek to go next. I, there was talk about maybe one in India as well. Um, I don't know. And to be fair, look, we got to give Paddy Cosgrave his due. An awful lot of that energy and the drive to make that happen and the connections and, you know, all of that, the motivation, that actually comes from Paddy and it always has. I mean, we've all spent the last few weeks beating Paddy Cosgrave up and I don't think there's too many people who, you know, certainly the Irish media who are shedding a tear uh, about that. But he... He should be given his due. I mean, the Web Summit is still a significant, notable household name level, you know, export in the tech or tech adjacent area from Ireland. It's one of the few that you can name. I mean, can you? How many Irish tech exports can you name? I suppose Stripe. Uh, Stripe. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I, that's I, fair. Like, I bump into like the edge of my knowledge very quickly mm. there, um, but. I suppose it's it, it's that kind of founder, you know, um, like charismatic leader type. That that's why he drew them in in the first place. But that that same characteristic mm. led to his resignation. Well, yeah. In a press conference in the Web Summit two years ago, um, which I mean, it's probably the closest you could say to me falling out with Paddy Cosgrave. Press conference. At the, at the time, he was going on and on and on about the IDA. And he had a big thing about the IDA for some reason. I think that goes back to the um, when Web Summit left Dublin for Lisbon. I, I don't know that, but certainly there was a hostility to, to, to the IDA and, and a lot of other Irish institutions. Paddy would have his own views on those, he, and he has tweeted about them many times. But during that press conference two years ago, I asked him whether his particular style of commentary on the IDA and those institutions, which is quite, quite aggressive, quite acerbic, quite sharp, whether it could hurt his business interests or that of the Web Summit. And he dismissed the question and he kind of half jokingly, half annoyedly um, 
introduced me to the rest of the room, to all the other journalists in the room by saying that, uh, I, he, here's Adrian Wakeford from the Irish Independent. The reason he's asking that question is because the IDA are a big advertiser in the Irish Independent, which was obviously nonsense. But anyway, that was him on spur of the moment, you know. And um, But what's remarkable is that two years later, that is exactly what has happened. He tweeted his views in a very acerbic way about a situation and it has really damaged the business. He tweeted his views about Israel and Gaza and he got a massive backlash from uh, Israeli tech and from American tech. Massive. And um, he had to resign as CEO. That has hurt his interests, his business interests. So it's it's a little ironic that that circle has, has, has come around. Um, but... That's all with the caveat that, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, I walked around that conference and it feels pretty healthy to me. So I think we've uh, we've we've come full circle on that. So JJ, JJ Clark, thank you very much for asking the questions and for also producing this podcast. Uh, Gav Hennessy uh, was on sound as well. And my name is Adrian Weckler. You've been listening to The Big Tech Show. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel.